It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Spoiler alert. Oh, well, that's actually just the Lions. Why exactly did the LA Chargers play their guys? It was an emotional win for the Bills on Sunday. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Just minutes before the Detroit Lions took the field against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night, they found out they will not be getting a chance to make the postseason. As Matt Derry and I from Locked On Lions talked about on our crossover edition this week, and as Mike Tirico told Matt Derry, that was not going to mean the fight in Dan Campbell's would just lay down for the Green Bay Packers and lay down. They did not. A 20-16 to 16 stunner at Lambeau Field. The Packers are not in. The Lions aren't either, but they're feeling a lot better leaving 1265 Lombardi Avenue than the Green Bay Packers are. Matt Derry from Locked On Lions joins me now. And, and Matt, you told me this team was not going to give up, but still a hook and ladder with the game on the line on on third and long. I mean, that was that was an unbelievably gutsy call. Take me through that last quarter with the Lions. Yeah, Pete, this is a, it's stunning because this football team and this this organization has just been so bad for so long and off to a one and six start. And to get what what the end of the game and what you're asking me, why don't I answer your question? I'm all over the place. The end of the game is this is what they've been building for two years. They've been building everything for that last drive. They wanted to, when they came in, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell said, we're going to bite kneecaps. We're going to. You're going to push us down. We're going to get back up. And it all came to fruition against, you know, the team that has been at the top of the mountain in the division to, to grind it out with the offensive line, Jamal Williams. And then on fourth down, did not kick a field goal and let Rodgers come down, maybe get a, a touchdown and a two-pointer. Um, Dan Campbell said, we're going for it. And on fourth down, he obviously the short pass to Chark, a couple in, uh, one knee, and it's over. I mean, the, everything that they did on that last drive to be more physical and to grind it out is what they've been building for for two years, and they got to put it on display in front of a national audience tonight. What did you make of the way the Packers played in this game? Obviously, I'm the locked-on Packers guy here, but from an opponent perspective, um, what, did, what did you think of the way that they they kind of gave this or let the, let the Lions stay in this game until the Lions, I don't want to say the Packers gave the game away because they didn't. The Lions took it, but the Packers let the Lions hang around in the first half. Yeah, they really did. I mean, missed opportunity, certainly in the red zone. I'm not telling you, Pete, anything you haven't seen all year. You've watched more, uh, more, more stuff than I have with the Packers. It's amazing how many plays they left on the field. Um, uh, I, I saw LaFleur on the Crosby missed field goal. He's going, he's talking to somebody about, do we punt? He didn't even know what to do. And to me, that was, that usually to me was where Rodgers would wave everything off and just take care of business. But receivers are young, and, and I was surprised they didn't go to more of the ground game. 
uh, they kind of abandon it a little bit. And then, you know, at the end of the game, I mean, DeAndre Swift gets decapitated. They don't call it. But then thanks to Quay Walker for shoving a, mm. a training staff member, that's stuff the Lions used to do. So that did not, that's not, that was not a good look at all by for Green Bay. Yeah, if this is the end for Aaron Rodgers, there is a sort of fitting coda here because the Lions will have done it with Jamal Williams, a former Packer, and the Packers will have, as you as you mentioned, done the things that the Lions always did. How much do you think this matters moving forward for the Lions as a stepping stone? You know, whether you believe in momentum at the end of the season, propelling you into the next season, et cetera. Like, what does a win like this do for your program? You said it, Pete, when we started, the game meant nothing for a lot of people on the outside saying, well, they got eliminated from the playoffs because the Rams gagged against Seattle. So Seattle's going to go if the Lions win. So why should the Lions play? And you and I talked about it on Thursday. There's something brewing at, at as I like to say, 2-2-2 Rod Wood Drive in Allen Park, Michigan. I, I, It's unbelievable. They came out and played like they were going to the playoffs and that they were up for it. There was no letdown. Yeah, the offense wasn't great tonight. You know, Jared Goff wasn't great tonight by any stretch, but the coaching, the aggressiveness, the defense making plays, getting off the field, uh, really battering Rodgers around a little bit, as Melissa Stark said. That's Detroit Lions football, and this this was their Super Bowl tonight, and they showed it. For what it's worth, Lions receiver Jamison Williams asked Aaron Rodgers for his jersey after the game, and Rodgers said he wanted to hold on to that one. Stay up to date all year on the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today, Locked On Lions, and of course, Locked On Packers on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, the LA Chargers aren't exactly coming into the playoffs with momentum. But first, Josh Allen was tuned into the drama of the moment on Sunday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. Let's look at some early lines for the playoff game, starting with the Jags and Chargers. Bet Online has the Jaguars, two and a half point underdogs at home. Speaking of home dogs, the Buccaneers are getting points at home against the Cowboys. Bet online likes the Cowboys by three in Tampa. And the Vikings are not home dogs. Bet online likes the Vikes by three over the Giants. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Buffalo Bills have had an emotional week. That's the understatement of 2023 so far. The Bills were able to put it to the New England Patriots and knock them out of the playoffs. Josh Allen was moved by the timing of a certain event in the game. You know, the truth, it was spiritual. It really was. Um, bone chilling, like, it was, it, was, it was special. I can't remember a play that touched me like that, and I don't think in my life. So it's, it's probably number one. It was, it was just spiritual, and I just, I was going around and I, just something I was going around my team and saying, God's real. Like, you can't, you can't 
draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um, and I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. The NFC playoffs will go through Philadelphia. Conflicted, very conflicted feelings here. After the Philadelphia Eagles win the game against the New York Giants, 22-16, clinching the number one seed in the NFC and the NFC East Division Championship, but it took everything they had against backups. I'm Louis DiBiase, host of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Again, the Eagles are the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. will run through Lincoln Financial Field. The last time that happened, 2017, the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Home field advantage in Philadelphia is crucial, especially in a wide-open NFC conference, but the path the Eagles took to get there, the hardest path possible. It took the final plays. They had to recover an onside kick against Davis Webb and the New York Giants backups holding them off only by six points to finally wrap up this top seed. Not very confident boosting, instilling, I should say, the last three games, the Eagles not playing their best football heading into the postseason. But at the same time, they are the number one seed. Pretty much every other NFC team has been inconsistent this year, and I still think the Eagles have the most talented roster in football. And the difference between this season and 2017 when the playoffs start, they will have their MVP caliber quarterback in Jalen Hurts healthy and ready to go. And Black Monday got started about as early as it could have. The Houston Texans have fired Lovey Smith. Ain't no love in the heart of the city. It ain't no love in the heart of H-Town. Now that Lovey Smith has been fired by the Houston Texans. I'm John Hickman of the Lock On Texan Podcast, your team every day. The team didn't even wait until Black Monday to fire Lovey Smith. As soon as the plane landed on Sunday night, Lovey Smith got the news that he will be relieved from his job duties. What do we know right now from the Houston Texans? Well, we know that Nick Casario's job is safe as of right now. We also know that the top two candidates for the head coaching position, offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, Ben Johnson is the top candidate for the Houston Texans, and defensive coordinator in the second year in a row for the Eagles, Jonathan Gannon is also a top candidate for the head coaching job here in Houston as well. And throughout the weekend, we heard the rumors, we saw the reports, D'Amico Ryans in Houston will likely not happen anytime soon. Hmm. Make sure you check us out throughout the week as we continue to cover the Houston Texans head coaching search and the entire offseason. The Cincinnati Bengals will not have to worry about a coin toss after all. The Cincinnati Bengals avoid a coin toss and are locked in as the number three seed after their win over Baltimore on Sunday. I'm Jake Lisko from the Lockdown Bengals podcast, where we'll have you covered with post-game analysis and get you ready for the Bengals' first playoff game coming up in a week against the Baltimore Ravens. In this game, though, it was the defense, really, that helped the Bengals win the game. They had four takeaways. Three of those led to touchdowns, one of which was scored by the defense on a Trey Hendrickson, who had a great game, by the way, strip sack that led to a Joseph Osai touchdown. 
Joe Burrow and the offense in this one, a little bit up and down, and they'll have some things to iron out. I thought, again, they left some points on the field with some opportunities on some good enough plays that could have led to points or resulted directly in points. But in the end, they get the win anyway. And honestly, there's even a chance that, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they got a little bit conservative with the big lead they built early in this one. Joe Burrow said it though, they'll need to play better next week, especially on offense to beat the Ravens again, who will get guys back on offense who were rested in this game. And the big story to watch for the Bengals, outside of all of those things leading into the playoff game is the health of Alex Kappa, who was on a scooter on in the locker room post game. The Titans blew a lead on Saturday, which made their failure to defend the AFC South title complete. The Tennessee Titans season is over after they blow a lead in the fourth quarter to the Jacksonville Jaguars. My name's Tyler Roland, host of the Locked On Titans podcast. It was a valiant effort from the Tennessee Titans who have 23 players on the IR and have lost six straight games in a row, now seven. The Titans came out and gave a great effort. The defense shut down the Jaguars' offense in the second half. The Titans' offense was able to score some points in the first half, but this Tennessee Titans season goes out how the Titans have gone out all year long. The quarterback makes turnovers, the Titans' offensive coordinator makes terrible play calls, and the Titans' offensive line can't block a soul. We've seen it all year long, so it's no surprise that those three things are the things that ended the Titans' season, even though the Jags' offense did nothing in the second half. It's going to be a lot of big changes for the Titans. They'll most likely have a top 10 pick. They need to address O-line, wide receiver, cornerback, and some other depth positions as well. But more importantly, this should be the last game for Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing. They should not even allow him to come back on the team plane. Hopefully, we see those changes made soon. But a tough ending for the Titans, but an ending that is basically a microcosm of the entire season. On the hardwood, the Nets held off the heat but left the court with a sinking feeling. The Brooklyn Nets held off the Miami Heat 102-101. Tip of the hat to Royce O'Neal, who had the putback off the Kyrie Irving missed three. But guess what, friends? It just doesn't matter right now because the big storyline coming out of this game is Kevin Durant going down in the late stages of the third quarter with an apparent knee injury. Bodies falling in and around the basket. Went down, reached for it, winced a little bit, stayed on the court for just a few moments, and then signaled to Jacques Vaughn to be taken out and immediately went back to the locker room. We'll have more information around how long he could be out for, how severe this injury could be, and in a season that has been so much about the basketball and the success of this team and the MVP level play of one Kevin Durant, if he's going to miss significant time, it's certainly going to change the outlook for this team going forward. We'll break down this game, the injury, and everything else Brooklyn Nets related on the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Here is another story you need to know. In the preseason, basically none of the LA Chargers' best players played. In a game before a playoff game, that meant essentially nothing. Almost every LA Chargers starter played. And one of them might have gotten hurt. Mike Williams had to be helped to the bus after the game, holding his back. We'll see what the status is there. Daniel Wade from Locked on Charge joins me now. And and Dan, at, at, a, at a fundamental level, why did Brandon Staley do this? 
It's a great question. I, I mean, a question pretty much everyone on Chargers Twitter was asking themselves, at least at some point. I mean, I think everyone varied. Do you play him a couple series, whatever? I was saying before the game, Justin Herbert shouldn't touch the field. If it's a game that doesn't mean anything, if you can't improve your position at all, why put that dude out there? When you saw how much your season can be impacted by an injury to that player specifically, you know, he already had the fractured rib cartilage earlier in the season. If that wasn't enough of a, you know, reason to not put him into a game like this, I don't know what is. And I couldn't ever figure it out. The fact that not only did they play him for the entire first half, not only did Mike Williams get hurt on the fifth offensive drive. I mean, they played them until the fourth quarter. I mean, they literally played them three quarters just to have Chase Daniel coming in at the end. When that was the most frustrating part, Brandon Staley talked about, hey, if the Ravens lose that game, we'll make the adjustments. What adjustments were made? I mean, what were they going to do if that wasn't the game plan the entire time? It didn't make any sense to me. And I mean, they've so far reported that Mike Williams' back injury is minor. But I mean, it's hard to say in a short week on a Saturday game that there's anything definitive about him playing this week. I think the other part of this is about the team's confidence because you played your guys presumably to stay fresh. And I think there's some value there, but then they lost to a Broncos team that had been dead in the water that had nothing to play for that fired their coach. It is not exactly a momentum builder. Like if you're, if you're going to play your guys, you better play well, you better, you better go win. The Cowboys had this same problem. So what kind of, tack on effects do you think this might have as we look forward here with this team that's a great question I mean it's hard to know what the players were thinking in that moment or how much they thought they were going to play but from this game I mean if you're going to play it that way you better make sure you pull them out at the right time right not down seven going into the fourth quarter I mean if they had an opportunity that's the hard like the really tough part about this is Three drives in, the Chargers offense had two touchdowns. The defense went back out there for another drive. It ends in Joey Bosa getting a sack for a three and out for the Denver Broncos offense. That was the perfect time. Right. Your offense feels good. <laughs> Your defense has given up seven points and three drives. So, I mean, there's something salvageable there. Instead, you go and you leave them in, and then they start getting beat. They give up a touchdown right before halftime, a 57-yard pass with 10 seconds left in the first half with their starters out there. So, I mean, that's one of the things I tweeted during the game, just like, what gives you better momentum? I mean, losing with your starters to a bad team or losing with your backups? I mean, to me, it was just really confusing the timing of it when they decided to pull guys out. And then for Brand Staley after the game saying, hey, you know, we only get two practice squad elevations. We only get to, you know, use so many different guys. Okay, but you had to plan. It's the fourth quarter plan. When Chase Daniel went in instead of Justin Herbert, right? When Will Clapp went in instead of Corey Lindsley. When you replaced Trey Pipkins, your right tackle has been struggling with injury. Why was that plan not instituted earlier? It has nothing to do with how many practice squad players you can bring up. They had ways that they could have sat most of their star players in this game. They just didn't. Stay up to date all year on the LA Chargers by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Chargers on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, an incredibly emotional day at Orchard Park. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 
every day. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you have to try a Built Bar. I got my whole family hooked on them. I eat them almost every day, and if I don't, it's more just because I was probably too busy. They're actually a great snack for when you are too busy to, say, get a meal in because they're seriously delicious. So delicious, 100% real chocolate, and yet they hit all the macro points that you would want, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. They are awesome. And now now you don't need to wait around for a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, which you can do. Now you can go get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So you may just be at Sam's Club or at Walmart because, you know, you need stuff. Well, now you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with all the hit flavors, brownie batter, churro. You can thank me later. Somehow the Bills were supposed to play the Patriots on Sunday. After the week they had with DeMar Hamlin's scary injury and subsequent recovery, a few had wondered if Buffalo would be up to the task of playing a game against a hungry New England side that needed to win to get into the playoffs. And Joe Marino from Locked on Bills points out they were up to the challenge. Josh Allen had three touchdown passes. The defense had three interceptions, and it was three years and three months since the last Bills kick return for a touchdown. Folks, this one was for DeMar. And it has been a really awesome weekend to see all the different ways that the NFL teams, players, coaches, fans across the league have continued to show support for DeMar Hamlin obviously coming out of the week that we had. The Bills went out there and got a win. We have to begin with Naheem Hines. He takes the opening kick of the game, 96 yards for a touchdown, in what was one of the most unreal moments in my lifetime of watching sports. For the Bills to have the week that they had, for the very first play of this game to be a touchdown on the opening kick is surreal just a chilling moment right goosebumps i couldn't believe it just an awesome awesome moment but naheem hines wasn't done he then takes another kick back to the house for a touchdown and it came at a big moment when new england took the lead for the first time all game, their only lead in the game, 17 to 14, midway through the third quarter. Naheem Hines took it 101 yards for another touchdown. Two kick returns for a touchdown in the game for Naheem Hines, the first player in Buffalo Bills history to do that, just the 11th time in NFL history that a player returned two kickoffs for a touchdown in the same game. Can you say AFC Special Teams Player of the Week? And there's one person spinning the Cowboys' worst loss of the season into kind of a positive? Uh, We get to suck on that all week. And uh, if that doesn't make you want to get ready to go in about six, seven days, nothing else will. And that was as... uh, 
uh, thorough butt kicking as we've had this year. And uh, uh, we're going to find out if that'll get you ready or not. It uh, should with what these guys are made of. Make no mistake about it. The Cowboys look like a better team than the Buccaneers, but Tom Brady has a reputation in the postseason. I've ever heard of him, Tom Brady. That reputation does not include a lot of losing. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what was the biggest factor in the Seahawks making it back to the playoffs after trading Russell Wilson? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.